this a metal thing? Yes. Hello, and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, your panel of expert hosts each week. Are me, I'm Dr. Bryce Hansen. I hold a PhD in spookology. And adjusting this camera is Professor My name's Jay. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the foremost expert in scare no-nos. <laughs> Bryce, I realized um how uh insane my routine has gotten to get me Okay, so I have coffee, but uh-huh. not just some coffee. I have a lot of coffee, uh-huh. but then not only do I have a lot of coffee, I have displayed in front of me America's best chew. This is that that's a pick me up. And then finally, I have I have bottled insanity XL smelling salts just to get me through today. You need something spicy. You need to like have some raw habanero peppers to munch on oh yeah that's what we need we need we need uh visible uh upset david i know i was thinking of it like now that we're on youtube i think we're obligated to do the the uh well yeah makeup especially me look let's see there's one i've always thought i could go with like a red lipstick um well you did that one episode you just it was a good episode um yeah, I was thinking now they're on YouTube. We got to do like the YouTube challenges. We got to do like some, you know, the that ice bucket, challenge, ice bucket, bucket challenge. The uh, I don't know what else. Planking. Do the kids still do planking? Anyways, we got a great show today. We're reviewing Smile. Um, so <laughs> a little late to the party on this one. It's still in theaters, but uh, we're. I'm I'm super excited to talk about this. This is a going to be an interesting show. Um, so if you're new to horror movie talk, please visit our website at horrormovietalk.com. It's the name of the show with .com after it. It's pretty easy to remember. Um, and there you'll find links to all of our social media, our Patreon, all the different ways you can support us, including our shop. Uh, just want to take a moment and thank our new patrons uh, between last week and this. Uh, thank you to James A, Emma, and Mailman Nick uh, for joining our Patreon. There they get exclusive access to Patreon exclusive, and I think most of them have the access to the early access episodes without the ads. Uh, we post new episodes every Wednesday. If you want to call us and leave us a voicemail, call 682 253 Six eight, yeah! Hooray, you did it. Uh, and you can leave. It's us only a- been, it's only been like you know, two and a half years of having that number. Not two and a half years. We didn't have it from the beginning. <clears throat> About, I, I mean, um, I'm, you know. Well, you know, 
uh, horror movie talk is nothing but nitpicky. Um, should we check our voicemail? Why why don't we check our voicemail? Uh, this episode we'll we'll do that, and then I have a new game called Guess That Smile, uh, where we'll guess the smile of famous horror movie villains. I guess they're mostly villains. Oh, this is gonna this is gonna be like a YouTube bit. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. If you're not on YouTube, you're missing out. It's not gonna be a very <laughs> interesting game <laughs> in audio format. Um. So how we do every episode, we start out by giving a brief review and a score for the movie. We score on a scale of one to ten, one being bad and ten being good. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive in what we liked about and hated about the film, and then we'll get into the game stuff. So. Uh, again, we went to see Smile, and it was traumatastic. Here is the trailer. What is it you like to talk about? My patient. Hi. I know you're nervous. I just want to have a chat. I'm seeing something no one else can see except for me. It's smiling at me. Yesterday, a patient in your care died brutally in front of you. I need to find an explanation for what happened. It's smiling at me. It's smiling at me. cases involving 19 victims with a direct line linking them all together. You said only 19. Why is it that everybody else who's seen it is dead and you're alive? I've seen it too. You? Get away from me! How long between each victim's death? None of them survived longer than a week. Today's my fourth day. I am not gonna keep running. I have to face it. How does it make you feel? I'm just really scared that something bad is going to happen. So, Smile can be found in theaters right now, probably for another week, maybe. Uh, But it's going to be available on Blu-ray DVD in December. I'm sure it'll be streaming forthwith after that. Dr. Rose Cotter, a workaholic psychiatrist at a busy hospital, sees a troubled patient that complains of hallucinations of people with creepy smiles, terrifying her every waking moment. Initially, Dr. Cotter doesn't believe the young woman, 
But when the same phenomenon begins happening to her, she must investigate the origins of the mysterious curse before it's too late. Is that grammatically correct? Phenomenon or phenomena? Phenomena? Hmm. The Probably phenomena. Phenomena. Smile is the first feature-length film from writer-director Parker Finn, which sounds like a uh, superhero alter, alter ego. Uh, and it's a retelling <laughs> and expansion of his short Laura Hasn't Slept. I haven't been this excited about a new director since Ari Aster. Wow. I loved <laughs> this movie. Uh, it has depth, it's well-crafted, and it features excellent performances from its cast. Let's start with the tone and theme of the movie. It's an on-the-nose allegory for the long-lasting emotional effects of trauma, which specifically uses trauma as a device in the plot. The fact that it's so on-the-nose and that I didn't feel like it was ever ham-handed in its delivery makes it all the more impressive to me. The tone is dark and helpless and only sinks deeper throughout. The direction and editing was fantastic. It has some of the best jump scares I've ever witnessed. And somehow they seemed innovative instead of hacky. I jumped and yelled out several times in the theater. In so doing, it reaches the elusive praise of being scary, by which some viewers judge horror movies. Um, the sound design and music should almost be get top billing on the poster. I've never been so disoriented and terrorized by ringing phones. The music is deeply unsettling and is composed by Cristobal Tapia de Vere, who did the music for White Lotus on HBO Max, if you're familiar. Okay. just Let's just take a minute here, because I just finished up to... I'm current on White Lotus now. Did you watch season one? Yes. Uh, and the music in that is <clears throat> top bill. Like, it should be the main character. It's so perfect. It's so on point. I'm like, and it's, and it is, and it is in the front of everything. It's in front of everything. It's in front of uh, almost, if it weren't for the dramatic, like visual style of the whole thing, it would be the standout feature of the whole, the whole thing. Such a great show. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Cristobal Tapia de Vere, like, he is another character. Like, his his com compositions are basically another character in The White Lotus and Smile. Um, if you haven't heard White Lotus before. Wow. And that's... Um, so... Where were we? Saucy bacon. Saucy, <laughs> saucy bacon. <laughs> saucy bacon, relative of the famous Travis Bacon, plays Rose, and her devolution into madness was convincing and heart wrenching. Um, this is being sarcastic. Do you know who her parents actually are? Saucy. Oh, is that yeah. Kevin Bacon? Uh, is and Kevin Bacon Chris her, her yeah. papa? Yep. Kevin is Bacon Kevin Bacon her dad? Yes. Saucy Bacon's dad is Kevin fucking Bacon. And her mother is Kira Sedgwick. Dude, she's probably such a hit when they play Six Degrees of Separation from Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, dude, I came out of his dick. 
<laughs> I think I'm basically him. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I win. <laughs> I'm half him. So I don't know what degree that is. Um, so the characters felt fleshed out and the relationships relationships felt real. There is one scene between Rose and her fiance that played and her fiance played by the boys' Jesse T. Usher that felt false to me. But eventually, even that was explained um, through his character and the relationship was framed in a way that even made that one moment make sense in retrospect. It's just a lot of care was like taken into framing and explaining these relationships and they weren't necessarily cookie cutter. Um, it, it shows just like an understanding of human psychology um, and, and interpersonal relationships to me. Um, it's a movie that can be easily compared to they follow and the Babadook, but it doesn't ever feel. It follows. Oh yeah. It follows. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I didn't think I'd find another horror movie this year that I'd love as much as barbarian, but here we are just weeks later. I can't stress this enough. (laughs) I'm a jaded pretentious movie reviewer for reference. You can see my comments about terrifier Two. Uh, in that review for proof i am i no longer watch horror movies out of love or desire i watch them out of obligation this movie and barbarian opened my cold heart and gave me a childlike joy and terror much like the critic at the end of ratatouille like i had flashbacks of what it was like to feel again it was amazing my faith in filmmaking is restored when i see new creative writer directors that can still shock and delight me in the movie theater thank you parker finn personal thank you to the writer director of smile because i love these I, I love it when a movie does this to me you know that's like the reason for going to see movies is like it's it surprises me it fulfills like all my expectations and tells a great compelling story um if you haven't guessed it, my my score for this is ten out of ten. Wow, that is that is high high praise. Um, uh, unfortunately, I am also a jaded, pretentious movie reviewer, and it stinks. Uh, <laughs> I I did not have as good a time as you did uh, at this. Um, uh, and I, I, it's a feel again, like this rarely happens where Bryce likes something and I don't like this. It's always the other way, um, except for occasionally. And, um, and this is, uh, you know, it's not like I hated this, um, but, uh, it didn't feel right. It just didn't, it just didn't resonate with me, um, on a, it, I never believed the characters. They all felt a little stilted and distant. And I didn't care about them because they, because of that, because they just were just, they didn't resonate with me. I was like, that's not a person. That's a bad actress. That's not a person. That's a bad actor, especially her husband, who is a bad actor. Um, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that was uh that that was shockingly standoutish to me but um 
Now, I will say some of the stuff that you've said uh, really uh, resonates. Uh, the jump scares in this are masterful, M masterful, and uh, and they they really work. However, I was so deep into like like looking at my phone uh, and being like, "Is this two hour thing almost done?" That a lot of them didn't really land. But I mean, nevertheless, like the jump scares in this are like if you if you love if you love jump scares uh, or if you hate jump scares, this is this is a great movie for all that. Um, I didn't feel. I this hits at about a six for me. Like it's fine. It's a little bit. It's a little bit better than average. Um, for for me, but uh, yeah, a lot of this just it just didn't. It just felt uh, unremarkable uh, to me. Uh, and and there's bit, but you know, I mean, everything doesn't work for everyone all the time. You know, I mean, there's an element of that uh, going on here. And I think you can chalk some of that up to me, just me being irritated with the lead actress, um, Saucy Bacon, who, I don't know, for whatever reason, just didn't, just didn't ring my bell exactly. You know, it just was kind of, it's just everything, all the casting felt a little off. And, uh, and so I just, I don't know, it just didn't hit for me, but uh, but I'm really glad it did for you. I will say this: 2022 has been a pretty good year for for us, um, for for just horror fans in general. So, um, and this is not a bad movie. Um, and I could see, you know, I think uh, there's an element uh, in this movie. Uh, the the whole thing is kind of surrounding trauma, and um, and for some people that's going to hit just right, and for other people, uh, it's going to miss the mark. And, uh, and for me, it just misses that mark, but, uh, I could see a lot of people, you know, I mean, I've seen a lot of people saying exactly what you're saying, which is damn son, you know, damn. Yeah. Son. That, like, um, you know, I, yeah, perf I, th that is kind of a wild card, like whether you believe a performance or not. And like, I, I thought it was great, um, because mostly like I could see how you could how how people could look at her performance, uh, Sosie Bacon's performance as like over the top, and like that's valid. But what she's portraying is this like razor thin line between like being acting actually crazy, like to where it's like, oh, this person could actually just be hallucinating all these things, and this isn't real at all, and and. Uh, acting like it's actually happening and she's so desperate and and like panicking because of what's happening to her where it's like i feel like that line is 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 walked on very well um yeah i mean kind of like um micah monroe and it follows uh, that was actually another big downside to this movie was I just felt like it was just a direct ripoff of It Follows um, and and The Ring a little bit. Like, it was like the origin story of It Follows, you know, kind of like, 
Um, so I just kept seeing all these parallels and being like, okay, but that was like five years ago, you know, like just being like, that wasn't so long ago that it's out of my memory. I mean, I, I re- look, I mean, t- tropes are tropes and, uh, and I get it, but it was so similar and Micah Monroe really pulls off, pulls it off and it follows, but there's an element to, uh, of, of it follows that is set in reality where this is set in someone's psyche. So I guess it's, I guess it has carte blanche a little bit to do what it wants, but I don't know. I, I, that was another downside was I just kept being like, Oh, this is the ring and it follows together kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like in terms of, I mean, yeah, the ring in terms of a curse and passing it on to others and then it follows in that, they're seeing things that other can't and it's tormenting them and that it's Um, passed on through yeah it's um before we get into spoilers speaking of which let's talk about commercials i hate them you hate them you don't have to listen to these you can go to our patreon and uh sign up for the tier where you get commercial free episodes of horror movie talk you can't do it this time you're listening to commercial right now it's too late you could pause it and then go and then get to this part and then you wouldn't even get to this part. You just try to find it. Right. So go to either our website and click through to Patreon or go to patreon.com slash horror movie talk and uh, check out the different tiers and perks there. Got a great community. And again, thank you to our new members. Um, also check out our horror movie talk shop. There you'll find shirts like this one. And this one. And Team Bat and Team Spear shirts. Um, and that goes directly into our pockets so we can buy hookers and coke. Um, these designs, our logo, and the Team Bat, Team Spear designs, and all of the artwork for the show is done by Dustin Goble. He's a professional artist who fucks hard. Uh. He also, see, you didn't even have to listen to these belches if you were on Patreon. Wow. So... He also takes commissions if you contact him on Instagram at dgobel00. That's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0 on Instagram. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. We should, wow, come, up with a, we should come up with a jingle for the for the phone number. Yeah, well, um, maybe, maybe we could... Um, oh, do you have one? Let's see. To leave a voicemail at HMT, call 682-253-4468. That's 4468 is last numbers of the phone number. Peace out. Damn! <laughs> Bravo. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> I should I should hook these up more often. Um, okay. Uh, let's get into... yeah i'm a little surprised that you didn't like it as much like i mean i didn't expect you to give it a 10 but a six is you know that's that's you live and you learn you know people receive things differently 
And there's a lot of wild cards. Acting is one of them. And like tone or plot is like, if you just feel it's like, "Ah, I've seen this before. You can turn off your brain to it. Yeah, I can, I, I can see that. Like I, I was into it and I think maybe part of it was like, had a really good experience at the theater. There was enough people in there where it was like, it was, you know, the shared experience. There's a bunch of teenagers in the theater. Like, I, I think there was some kind of sleepover that was taking a movie break or something because there's like five or six, like 14, 15 year old girls in like pajamas and blankets with them. And they were, you know, having a good old time. And then after the movie ended, I I saw there was like this little boy that was like, like he had to have been like seven, like max. And I was like, holy shit. There's a real soft spot in my heart that's just like, don't, don't. Like, that's too much. This is, this is too, way, oh my God, way too much for a seven-year-old. Seven-year-old me would never fucking sleep again. I, <laughs> I I slept with the lights on until I was like fucking 10 years old because of Skeletor. All right? Like, if I had seen Smile, I would have, I, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't be doing this show. Like, no. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine how that kid would be okay watching it but you know kids are different parents parents know their kids you know that, that's the other thing like some some kids have a pretty high tolerance for stuff and can like realize that it's it's a movie you know and that it's not real but i don't know man that I, age I feel sorry pretty, for that kid pretty early yeah <laughs> i feel so, sorry for the kid that's able to sit through smile and be like you know what? I, I see where all the practical effects come in. It's like I don't want—I don't want to know what his backstory is or her backstory is. But you know, it, it's interesting. Like this was a pretty well attended movie. Like we're a couple weeks past. Like we're like a, maybe a month past when this came out originally. Yeah. So it released. Um, let's see. Where's the wide release? Release um, at the end of September. Yeah, so maybe so. a month and a week uh, after this came out. My theater was pretty well attended as well, uh, mostly younger people. And it's so strange to me. Um, well, it's it, there's this element of me having seen every fucking horror movie ever made <laughs> and uh, and just, you know, being, you know, jaded uh, horror fan. Uh, where, you know, I mean, we sit through movies and, and something fucking super deranged will happen and our immediate inclination is to giggle or laugh or something like that. And the theater, uh, which had, I don't know, you know, 20 people in it, deadly silent. And, like, people would turn and be like, who's this fucking freako back here <laughs> laughing? <laughs> <laughs> You know, a head comes down and everybody and everybody and I'm like, and and that and then so I I don't know. It might have been me feeling like, oh, I'm this is upsetting. Yeah, Yeah. this is upsetting. I'm I'm shouldn't be here. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, that's 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 funny. Um, 
yeah the the jump scare let's just like jump forward to the jump scares like so good like i'm i'm especially jaded about jump scares and like and part of it is the conjuring was just built off of the formula of these jump scares where it's like okay dark hallway um they're moving through (gasps) wait there's no soundtrack there's zero sound and we're waiting and you're waiting something's gonna jump out we're waiting oh it's just a kitten there's nothing jump scare (laughs) that's like the (laughs) that's the formula of like okay we know exactly what's gonna happen we know what the setup is and this one like at least four times i was completely caught off guard with the jump scares like it doesn't it doesn't follow the template is is what i'm saying and even when it does it it the jump scare is unique and creative like the one that you mentioned where it was the bent neck lady (laughs) so her sister like walks up to the car with purpose and i was thinking to myself at the time like it's been a while since she's had like kind of an attack by the smile monster and I'm just like, well, it's going to happen now. And then like her sister walks up with purpose and you're like, okay, well, here it comes, you know, and you're expecting her to just like bend down and, you know, smile into the window. Instead, her neck like (laughs) snaps and it's like a reverse exorcist. Like her neck becomes elongated and then like falls into frame. Um, it's like Jesus Christ. I, I can't. It was really effective. Yeah. Though, and but I mean, yeah, definitely top five on most skillfully executed uh, jump scares uh, list. But I will say, my number one. Anybody, uh, anybody who hasn't heard me gush about this in a while, well, here it comes again. <clears throat> Twenty seventeen Argentinian movie called Terrified not terrifier terrified with a d um is in my opinion the heavy hitter of jump scares and i will i don't know that i will ever change my mind on that what mm-hmm. what do you think do you think this one is better than that i mean for me yeah i mean these wow i i don't rem- i remember one good jump scare from terrified that like is memorable to me and i can't remember any other ones and this one like had four or five and like i don't know it's it could be like a mood thing it could be a setting thing like who who knows but yeah they're both really good and skillful and, and unique um what was the other one like a lot of the jump scares were and a lot of like the the success of the movie for me comes from the sound the sound design was so good i don't know how they made something sound so loud like the phone and like the house alarm, like all these alarming sounds sounded so alarming. And it was, and they used the dynamic range to their benefit a lot. <laughs> like they, they really saved those loud parts for the parts that they needed to be loud. Um, And it was disorienting because like it would make things that aren't normally loud, very loud. And so like you're, it just jostles you. Um, um, so 
starts out with um, kind of a, a flashback. There's this dead lady on a bed. We later find out that that's the main character's mom that she saw die. Uh, the the main character is a psychiatrist working in a busy hospital. Um, she starts out by seeing this bipolar guy that's, you know, obviously, obviously very troubled. So it's setting up like the the character deals with insane people on the regular. Like she's only seen the craziest of the crazy. Can you imagine being a psychiatrist at a hospital where it's like, you know, all the crazy ranting and raving people that you see on the streets of Portland. And these people only see the ones that are like, well, that's too much. We got to take them and get them into the hospital. Like for like, (laughs) for like 15 years, that was my sister-in-law's job. She was the head of, uh, of that, uh, you know, a, a, a social program, uh, in Vancouver that, that did that. And she, she was, th- she was literally this person. Um, not an easy job. Very, very, and turns, turns you, I mean, I can only imagine, I mean, the things she saw and would talk about off hey off the cuff was just like really and she'd be like yeah, it's crazy weekend and you're like oh <laughs> yeah it's there's some jobs where you just do not realize how often they experience the most horrendous like heart-wrenching and soul-deadening things just on the regular like my my brother-in-law was a cop or a state, state trooper He's still a cop, but not a state trooper, but just on the regular, just seeing, you know, horrible car wrecks where people are mangled and just bodies ground up. Yeah, I so I have a a, a very scary story that I, I am recalling now with a happy ending. So don't so listener, do not worry. Um, well, be worried a little bit because you don't know what's going to happen. This uh, this one fella came in. I mean, so we're talking about, you know, just really the true the people who have really lost their minds and are out on the street. Um, this fella came in uh, with uh, with a cat, a couple of cats in a bag. Um, and and he was like, I you guys got a gun or something like this. I can't remember the exact story, but he's like, I got to kill these cats. And she was like, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, we do. So like, why don't you just kind of like put the, he's like, I, you know what? You don't got a gun. I, it's, I'm going to take him around, but I'm just going to stomp him to death. It's going to be okay. I'm just going to stomp these little kittens. I'm going to stomp them. And she's like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I got a gun in the other room. I'm going to go get it. You just, uh, we'll just take you in the, she get the kittens and she has them now. Like they're her cats, <laughs> you know, because she separated the cats from the stompy man. And, uh, yeah, she got, she got unstomped on cats free from stomping. Oh, good. You know, some people like us, like them stomped, but yeah, you know, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she, she sees this guy and it, it operates to like establish number one, that she sees horrible shit on the regular, but also establishes the idea. Not unique is that this is all in the guy's head, you know, and she's trying to, you know, tell him and be super understanding and empathetic that like, I know it feels very real to you, like what you're, what you're experiencing right now, but it is, 
um, inside your head and, you know, it's not reflecting reality. So, cause the guy's just repeating, I'm going to die. She's going to die. Like, like over and over and over and over again. And, um, you know, getting him to accept that it's all in, all in his head is a futile exercise with someone that's basically experiencing like manic psychosis. Well, and at that point, it doesn't really matter if it's not real because it's real right. to you. You know, it's like, right. okay, great. So it's not in reality. I'm still dealing with it as though it's real. It might as it's just fucking real. Like, you know, like it's what is real at that point. Right. And then the second patient comes in, Laura, and she's traumatized because she just witnessed a professor bludgeon himself to death with a hammer. And she explains to Rose that she's experiencing this phenomena, the phenomena that the movie's based on, which is she's seen people um, that other people don't, that are smiling like uh, threatening smiles and that it's some kind of entity that looks like people um, that wears faces like masks is how she described it. Um and the way that it's told to the audience and to Rose in the dialogue, it makes it sound a lot like people that are delusional. Like it's, it's not, they're not explaining it rationally and calmly. It's coming from someone that's panicking <laughs> and that just on the surface feels crazy. It's like, well, this isn't real. This is, this is the way someone that's crazy would act. Um, and, and then very quickly, like, um, Laura, like disappears from the frame (laughs) and it's really creepy. And then it pans over and we see Laura now with this creepy ass smile and she slits her own throat with like a, a shard of pottery and and it's a really effective scene for like kicking off the movie and then especially as you see her corpse on the floor still with this really creepy smile and rose is traumatized and then eventually starts experiencing the exact same thing that laura described um so I really appreciated like how they treated these themes and how they, they played with um, these different themes and, and had enough wiggle room with interpretation that it kept me engaged throughout. So like they played with the themes of despair, um, what is reality, uh, especially trauma. Trauma was like the main, the main theme. But even like themes of like putting a mask on or smiling through the pain, um, like all the stuff that's surrounding trauma and like worldview and and how you're trying to, you know, appear to others as not struggling or not insane um, is is really interesting. And then also just like around the, the concept of having a psychotic break around other people and like that is kind of terrifying of thinking like, what would it like be like to have an actual psychotic break? And what would that feel like internally? 
compared to like what other people are experiencing and how they're perceiving you. Um, and it, and handles it really well, even though it's, it's pretty on the nose with some of like the, you know, allegory, if you want to call it that. Yeah, it is, it is really heavy, uh, with the allegory, but, uh, but <clears throat> nevertheless, it does seem, it does seem to be, um, an apropos thing. It's interesting. I can't, re- I cannot remember um which movie we talked about recently where this came up where i was like this is a real fear of mine um is losing my mind kind of you know like um and uh what do you remember which one that was um what were we talking about which movie i I remember that discussion too um but anywho uh regardless we had that conversation recently the human centipede too no um uh and and so uh we've been talking about it recently and i was like yeah oh it was um they look like people um right okay which yeah, is a, which is a review a we patreon did, we, exclusive yeah yeah a it's pretentious a patreon ex, uh, pretentious review um and you in that said you know that's not really something i'm scared of you know i don't uh you know i'm and and i so i, I kind of assumed that the that uh, this kind of thing worked on me better than it did you. But now I'm hearing you. Um, what is it about this movie um, that how it portrays that, that, um, that hits, whereas um, they look like people, how do those two contrast for you? Um, I mean, I like both of them. I think they're both like really good at portraying mental illness and yeah. like psychotic breaks. Um but for, for, I think I both appreciate them from like an intellectual point of view or just like as an outside observer. I didn't, I don't ever like put it as like, this is a fear of mine or like, this is something that I feel would happen to me just cause yeah. I don't know. I, maybe it's an ego thing. I'm like, eh, mm. my brain is too strong to, <laughs> <laughs> My brain is too strong for that. Strong, strong brain. This is um, for dopey dum dums. I can't. Right. I'm not a dum dum. <laughs> well, I've got. I've. You know. I mean, after trying mushrooms, like, you know, my brain is too strong for mushrooms. Didn't do shit. You know. So. That's right. Yeah, Bryce recently tried more mushrooms than anybody <laughs> should really ever try, uh, and it doesn't quite really touch him so much. So there's something going on with his uh, Viking blood that's right. not allowing him. Is is you're you're all dum dums compared to Bryce? Is what we're trying to say. <laughs> this is this is really going to help me uh, after uh, being called out for being pretentious and Terrifier Two review. Um, <laughs> the so like uh, I don't I don't like th- it's not a personal fear, but it's something I very very much appreciate that I I do believe and i can like empathize with people that are experiencing what they feel is very very real that isn't reflected in like you know the observable universe i guess like it's it's and i i mean everyone has mental issues and it's like it's just a different flavor it's like i can you know put my depression up against anyone's any day 
you know and it's also not reflective of reality it's like yeah all the negative self-talk and like the way i view the world is not true and it's not helpful (laughs) and it's like holding me back in the same way that people that are experiencing psychotic breaks or psychosis or like it's how they view the world and it's not helping them and it's holding them back and you just look at them you're like why can't you just just look look around look at what reality is it's some sort of uh personal compartmentalization where you go I'm okay, except for the things that I know are bad about me, and I've got those compartmentalized correctly so that right. I can continue to enjoy life, Not almost not at all, but enough to can keep going. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we have fun on Horror Movie Talk. <laughs> it's good times. Another, another thing that they throw into, mix, into the mix of like making it plausible that this could be all in Rose's head is they established that she's sleep sleep deprived. Like she just does not sleep and she is working way too much. And so at the beginning, at least like it's possible that this could be all in her head or, you know, kind of a, you know, affected by this trauma. Um, Let's see. I had kind of a non, non sequitur question. Do they wash body bags? Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. I would think they have like a like a <laughs> I would think that they have like a uh a uh industrial sized a dishwasher that they just hang them all up in and then uh and then they just hit go on it and they throw, you know, one whole bo- bottle of Clorox in there and then they yeah. and then it's good. See, I feel like that'd be that'd be rough. They must like turn them inside out. But why clean them? Because what, what if there's <laughs> what if there's like goop and like remnants and stuff in there in the crevices and when you wash mm-hmm. it it's like oh yeah got it pour, turn pour it upside out. down and spin it again you know yeah yeah um, I don't know why I thought that but um, no no I'm I'm interested um, to me uh, when I hear about your sleeps I go that man is sleep deprived. Uh, but you don't seem, you, I don't think you think that about yourself at all, but, um, and you may, and some people don't need as much sleep. Um, so d- d- was there a part of that that hit for you in this? Um, um, no, not necessarily. Cause like she's shown as looking exhausted and sleep deprived and like, I don't like, sure I could, I could get more sleep, but it's kind of one of those things where. No, you didn't. You'd never look like her. I mean, I mean, sometimes when you really haven't actually slept, but typically, I mean, you get a significant amount of less sleep than I do and seem to function. How just much? Fine how many me. hours of sleep do you usually get? Probably like eight. Yeah, I get like six, like yeah, six and a half seems, usually. Yeah, it seems like not very much to me. But I mean, I know plenty of people who do that. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep is weird. Like you can. I, I, there's definitely benefits to getting like eight or more hours of sleep. Um, I will say like, I probably don't dream as much as I could just because I don't stay in that kind of REM, like the liminal space between being like fully, fully asleep and being awake. But yeah, I feel fine. And I know like it's enough sleep because, 
I'll wake up automatically. Like when, when the daylight savings happened, like I didn't have to have my alarm on and I woke up right at like six twenty. you know, like right, right at like my time when I would normally wake up with an alarm. So it is what it is. Um, so weird stuff start starts happening to Rose. Um, she sees that that first bipolar patient smiling gets really disturbed. She calls the orderlies and when they go in, like when it pans back, you see that he's not in the position that she saw him in. Like he was, when she was looking at him, he was very threatening and like basically approaching her. And when it pans back, he's just like lying on the bed passive when the security walks in the room. So it's like, Oh, this isn't really happening. Um, later she's in her house alone the loudest house alarm in the world goes off and um this is one that like kind of pulled me out after i gave it a thought for a second because house alarms would never go off like that ever have you ever had a house alarm like a security system on a house i used to install them uh, a lot yeah so how if you were to just like kick in a door on a house that had a house alarm or just shatter a window and like jump through what would the house alarm do well the alarms that i installed had <clears throat> had two sirens they had an interior siren which was uh, much lower uh wattage and voltage um and it would go off inside the house pretty loudly um and then there was a very large uh siren that we would put up in like a bird block of the uh of the roof so that it would project outside so it'd go woo 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 outside um so yeah i mean this seemed realistic to the alarms that i would install um and all of that is just meant to freak somebody out you know to just be like you're breaking in we know you know like everybody right. on the block can can hear it and knows about it right the point i'm trying to make is mm it doesn't go off the instant that you open the door. <laughs> oh, it doesn't go from zero to screeching alarm, because if that were the case, no one would ever turn on their alarm because they dread walking into their own house every time. No, 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 this is accurate. Um, the, it, there, okay. So there are the, so if you set it to, uh, uh, there's two settings, you know, home and away. If you set it to away, um, then yeah, the alarm will give you a grace period of, yeah, like 15, 20, 30 seconds to come in and punch in the code. But if you're home, this is exactly what it's supposed, you set it to home. And then when someone opens the door, it goes off, boom, like that, because it knows you're home and it needs to protect you right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you know. That's, I'm glad that we have your expertise because every time I, I associate it with like you open the door and goes boo beep. That's boo, the, beep. that's the away it setting. Gives you, it gives you like a good, like 60 Mississippi before it and starts there's, like the actual alarm. And that's, and that's only on the, the main door that you use to come in and punch in on the code. If, if you're away, if you have your thing set to away and one of the windows opens up, boom, it goes off immediately. So it's it's only set to one switch to let you come in and punch it in. If you come in from some other door that's not one of the one of the main doors, 
then it'll go off immediately just like this. Well, good job, House Alarm Companies. You you have an excellent product. <laughs> um, and then, um, you know, she can't see anyone that appeared. And then she gets the loudest phone call ever. And <laughs> She's got a landline. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the least believable thing in the movie. Scariest she, part of the whole movie. She calls. She gets a call on her landline from the security company operator, like doing the the generic, like, you know, we got an alert, uh, and she's like, no, no one's here, or whatever. And then the security company operator like turns nefarious and is like, oh wait, this isn't the security company operator. She's like, look behind you. Ugh. Fuck. Dude, this was this was the scariest. This this movie would do that. This is the best thing this movie did. It would do the you know uh, 1974 Black Christmas like the calls coming from inside the house like a lot and really well and and so you, you know she she'd be like on the phone or talking to someone and you'd be like okay we're getting things under control like some traumatic thing happens somebody's here okay good this bad thing happened and then the person would be like oh really wah 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 and it would gaslight you into feeling safety and then and then jerk that rug out from under you and it did that that was that it was one of the main things this did and the one at the end was like that really saved a lot of this movie for me i was just like god damn bravo like this was great like the false the false security in this is really great right yeah yeah um one of the best jump scares um happens pretty soon after this so she's listening to the playback she recorded that her meeting with laura uh the original you know smile girl and uh she listens to the playback and in the silence she can hear like you know it's it's one of like the you know what is it evp things like you see this in all the the uh, ghost hunter shows where it's like oh if you turn the volume all the way up you can hear did you hear that it said help me listen again i'll turn it all the way up oh my god it's a ghost (laughs) and so it's like following that trope where like you you can barely hear like a whisper and then the last time when she like cranks it to 11 there's nothing at all (laughs) like there's zero sound you're like and even though you know that there's gonna be a jump scare it was the most fucking alarming jump scare in the movie for me because she turns around there's like one of these smiling faces and you're like jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) it's all about it's all about subverting your expectations right it's like well they're gonna expect this so let's give them that like they'll never expect a face when we're trying to listen to like they expect a loud sound you know i wonder what score you'd give this movie if we watch this together in the theater because i think it's always a good experience for you to be around me when I have a jump scare, because I think you get a lot of enjoyment out of it. And I think you would have enjoyed how many times I was like out of my seat in this movie. Yeah. It's kind of weird. 
I, I did, I was not, uh, I was not in it enough to, I mean, I, I definitely recognized that the jump scares were world-class, but, uh, they just didn't hit me. Uh, and yeah, I, I think having you next to me just jumping out of your skin would have, would have definitely been more enjoyable and probably put me closer to, uh, to the movie. Right. Um, okay. So there, I'm going to skip forward. There was one like moment that felt false to me. And I, I want to explain, I mentioned this in the, the review section. I just want to explain what I was talking about. So this is the scene where I could probably get close to agreeing with you that Jesse T. Usher, um, who played the fiance didn't do a great job acting. <laughs> it was where like, this is after Rose makes a scene. I mean, more than just a scene at her nephew's birthday party. She gives him a dead cat as a birthday present, which is frowned upon. Um, and like the fiance is like, my fiance is crazy. Like you're a crazy person. And Rose is trying to explain what she's going through. And like, instead of showing any kind of empathy or concern, like the fiance was like, you know, I looked it up on the internet and they say that mental health is genetic. And <laughs> it was like, the dialogue just felt like way off. It was like, why this feels just kind of silly of, of like, what, what point are you making here? And just the, the acting of like, this is not how a fiance would act around someone that they loved. You know, there was zero concern. And I was like, huh, that's so weird that they, that it's so off compared because everything else landed in the movie in the, in terms of relationships, whether, yeah, there's different levels of like acting chops, but like her relationship with her sister and with her like boss and coworkers and the cop, like those all felt like grounded in some kind of reality. Um, but this moment was like, no fiance would treat, you know, his partner like this, but to the movie's credit, it does like frame the relationship in a way where that makes sense. Because later in, in the film, Rose talks about herself and also confronts her fiance um, separately. So the first she confronts her She's fiance like, and basically you've been acting so terribly lately. What is the deal with your terrible acting? And he's like, I'm sorry, sweetie. I just haven't. <laughs> No, she confronts her fiance and says, basically, you're only supportive when everything's going well. Like basically saying, like, as long as everything goes well, you're you're great. But the instant that something becomes difficult, like you're you're trying to, like, you know, dis disassociate from me or, or whatever. So that's the the first one, which is like, OK, that lays some groundwork there with like between their relationship and the second one is later in the film she's talking with the cop which she has history with which isn't isn't explained till later in the film but yeah in this scene it explains her relationship with the cop and her fiance which is she explains how her personality is she doesn't want to allow other people in and she doesn't want them to be close 
So she closes off like the emotional aspects of her and and once she feels um vulnerable and starts sharing, you know, her true self with uh her partners, which this cop was one, she panics and leaves. And so that sets up the relationship number one with the cop was like, oh, they didn't leave under bad circumstances. It was like she panicked and ran because she felt too close and too vulnerable. And two, it sets up that her relationship with her fiance was a reaction to that, which is I can be with a person that's distant and doesn't allow me to open up and I can put on this facade again, like this mask that they're kind of as a theme in the movie. And so that, that's a really good explanation. Um, that kind of shit really impresses me from like a screenwriter. Cause it's like, that is nuanced enough to where it's like, it shows an understanding of human relationships and psychology, but also it's simple enough to where an audience can understand it. And yeah, it's, it's a little too through the looking glass because it came off as just bad acting uh, to me. I mean, if it, if it was intentional, f- bravo, but also you missed the mark a little bit because it just didn't, it didn't feel uh, quite real to me. A good example of this, and I think this is a directorial problem, maybe not the actor's problem, uh, and I'll, I'll illustrate that by talking about Rain Wilson who arguably portrayed one of the most impressive characters ever in Dwight Schrute on The Office and and has everybody on his side as Dwight Schrute. Meanwhile, he has other roles uh, where, you know, like House of a Thousand Corpses or The Meg, where you're just like, is this the same guy? Like, this is so, like, his acting is so bad. And I think you can chalk it up to like bad editing and bad directing. And, and, um, and that's just rain Wilson. I, I won't go into uh, necessarily this kid, uh, but uh, it did feel a bit like something was a little off, but anyway, I, I, I like your explanation of it. And it yeah. does make me want to suspend my disbelief. Well, shots fired towards rain Wilson. No, um, again, I think, <laughs> I think th- it's indisputable that rain Wilson, when given uh, you know, good direction or in, and you know, like a character to portray, like look at galaxy quest. Like he, he really can nail hard to, you know, hard to portray stuff. But when he's given some dopey idiot, you know, it's he right. just comes off as a dopey idiot, a bad actor. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's revealed as, as Rose is like investigating this and she uses her cop X to help her, that these suicides and this like being tormented by the smile monster or whatever, or the smile entity string, there's like a string back 20 people to where like you can say, Oh, okay. So Laura witnessed her professor kill himself. And then he witnessed someone else kill himself. And like they, they string it back and then, sorry, what were, what do you what are you smiling about? Oh, David? this, this, I'm glad you brought this up. Cause I almost forgot entirely about this. This is my actual full hundred. Like my biggest beef with this movie is like, if anybody had done the lightest amount of, of lifting, uh, on any of these cases at all, they would uncover this string of 
suicides dating but just like it's like the easiest yeah, cause the to longest follow. the longest between it is a week and so the it's literally to like follow breadcrumb breadcrumb trail in existence and it's the premise of the whole movie uh which i don't i don't know i was like how are we <laughs> how many shitty cops detectives are there out there that everybody misses is missing this except for us i don't know yeah i I mean i think it's completely believable because like why would the cop look back it's like and why would the cop i mean it's basically they're filing a police report on someone that committed suicide it's not a big mystery it's like yeah they killed themselves and it was pretty fucked up well wrote that down see you later like they're not looking into the the background or why someone killed themselves ever detectives Listen, if we have detectives in the audience, please reach out to us and tell us the likelihood of this happening. Because I am so, this brought me straight out of the movie. I was like, listen, I've seen seven. (laughs) So it goes back like 20 people, but there's only 19 victims. And they found this one guy that that skipped the pattern. And they find out how he did it. And they, uh, Rosie interviews him is that he killed someone instead of killed himself. But the caveat is you have to kill someone in front of someone else in a horrifying way so that that person that witnessed it is traumatized and that passes on to them. So it very explicitly states that this entity travels through trauma. It needs to spread through trauma by witnessing a horrific death and then it latches on to people and and it's kind of established through the backstory and like the more we the, the little that we learn about the previous victims is like it kind of preys on people that are already susceptible anyways because rose uh rose had the trauma of seeing her mom die i think it mentions the professor saw his his brother die when he was younger and and so there's all these seeds of like, yeah, they're already have a traumatic past and then get targeted by this trauma monster, basically. Um, and so her reaction is, well, first she considers like going and killing someone. And there's another one of these fake outs where it shows her doing that. And then she wakes up and was like, oh, no, I haven't done it. And then she panics and then goes to her childhood house um to be alone and seclude herself but and this is like where it kind of puts a bow on on the allegory for trauma because the way she tries to beat it is by confronting past trauma and so Mm -hmm. she goes to her childhood house where her mom died and goes into the room where her mom died and like you see her relive it and and it's really important that she do this without anybody else around because as long as no one else is around she can't pass the trauma on to someone else right um and this ending is actually very similar to another horror movie we should probably review sometime which is called fallen have you ever seen fallen i have not with denzel washington and and uh, oh yes oh wait is that the one where the touch it transfers the demon transfers through touch? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, John Goodman's in that. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that's a fabulous movie. I, that's my favorite Denzel movie. Yeah, it's like a yeah, it's a 
possession movie, but with like really, yeah, you have to be, be able to touch, the demon has to touch someone else to transfer. And so like the way Denzel tries to fight it is go out into the woods and kill himself, basically. Um, spoilers. <laughs> um, it's okay. He doesn't succeed. Um, so this, this movie kind of takes that route, um, and tries to address past trauma and confront this trauma slash smile monster. And it seems like she's overcome it. And that's the last fake out. <laughs> cause, cause like, there's really only one way you can end this movie. Like if they actually had like, Oh, she triumphed over evil. It's like, no, it's not going to not not for this movie. I would have liked that. I, I really like, you know, sometimes it doesn't always have to end the worst possible way, you know, and I I like those. I, I like it when when you can get away. Like, don't get me wrong. I like it when they lose too. like it's it's that's satisfyingly realistic, but it's also like, oh, damn it. You know? Yeah, like it. It could it would put like a nice hat, like an, an a, like a the finishing touches on the allegory of like, yes, this is how you overcome trauma is by confronting it. And it's a good message, but fuck the message work. <laughs> fuck the message. Uh, trauma will kill you. So uh, here we go. <laughs> and- Dude, that, that final scene with that fucking gigantic monster cramming his way into her head. Uh-huh. Wow. That was, um so yeah i i i love this movie like it's was as enjoyable to me as barbarian and like in a different way like barbarian is like just tickled my my funny bone of like this is ridiculous and it's pulled off in the perfect way and this one is just the perfect mix of of you know psychological horror and like just disturbing imagery and jump scares like it's it, it does really well so i really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm glad that we reviewed it i'm glad we reviewed it too so barbarian barbarian and hatching this year have been just knocked out of the park just amazing 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 horror for me but next week we're going to be releasing uh, a review of a movie called dash cam uh, and I we're we're gonna be interviewing the lead actress Annie Hardy herself, and that's the movie that the other movie that just knocked it out of the park for me this year. Um, so watch that this week. Well, that came Dash- out twenty one, I think. No, it did not. No, it came out uh, in twenty twenty two. It hit the circuits in twenty one. Um, uh, okay. So anyway, watch Dash Cam. It's on Hulu. And uh, and the reason it, it knocked it out of the park is Annie Hardy uh, herself. So, in my opinion, that's for me. So, so hey, who what, who would you recommend Smile to? Oh, this is like a real. I mean, this is a a young a, a young person's movie to me, just because it's a lot of jump scares. Or if you just really enjoy jump scares, if you if you thought The Conjuring was fucking badass, like. This will knock your socks off because this does jump scares better than The Conjuring. Um, 
yeah, if you're interested, you know, also if you're just interested in new good horror, this is not bad. And he's a, he's a very competent horror director, uh, in some regards, uh, for me. So yeah, I, what about you? Yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I'd agree with that. Like if you're a fan of jump scares conjuring, like this will give you a lot of those. Uh, I also like if you're a fan of the elevated horror, um, so if you liked it follows, if you liked the Babadook, um, those, those movies, this is right up your alley because it adds that psychological element, um, that I think does really well. Hey, should okay. we, should we skip whores and we're we could. running a, a little long? Okay. Let's skip right forward to the game. Ooh. Famous horror movie smiles. <laughs> so in this game, David, you'll yeah. be shown, I think I have seven, a series of seven smiles from horror okay. movies. And you have to guess who it's from. I'll accept the name of the actor or the name of the character. Bonus point. Well, no, not bonus point. Or, you know, if you know the movie or whatever. So if you can, if you can name... The character, actor, or movie, you get a point. Okay. For those listening, you should know that you can come see those smiles over at our YouTube channel. Um, and to get there, you just go to our website, horrormovietalk.com, and follow the YouTube link. Or, you know, it's just search for Horror Movie Talk. Just go to, yeah, YouTube. Horror Movie Talk. We're on there. All right. First smile. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay, so we have kind of um I think I know I think I know what this is. This is Jack Torrance on, in The Shining, I I believe. Is that uh correct? Hell Jack yeah. Torrance slash Jack Nicholson. I mean, you started with the most iconic smile in all of horror probably. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um okay, next what we got Ooh, that looks like the mouth of a lady. Um, but also, I see like these. Um, you can't see where my mouse is right now, but but uh, these canines are a little established. Uh, this mm. could be like it's a little full-lipped to be Tom Cruise in Interview with the Vampire. I'm gonna say maybe. Is that Brad Pitt in Interview with the Vampire? Um, it looks you like got a lady. The movie. You're oh, is wrong. it Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise? Okay, okay. So I'd I did say his name. Um, maybe that's a half a point, and I got the movie. So maybe that's, that's a half, half a point. point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Next, beautiful lady. Look at that. Oh, uh, I was talking about Tom Cruise. This. Okay, there's a lot of sunlight coming in. Definitely a lady's smile. Um, not like that that fake lady from before, although I don't know Tom Cruise's pronouns. Um, so, oh, this is tough. Do, should I know this? I mean, do you think I've heard of this movie? We've recently reviewed this movie. I don't, yeah, we've recently reviewed this movie. We've recently reviewed this movie. Yes. 
Um, the best that I can do on this one. Is this Buffy the Vampire Slayer? No. No, that can't be right. Uh, but that's what I'm going to guess. This is Harvey Stevens or Damien from The Omen. Oh, I thought it was a sexy lady. It was just a little kid. Oh, no. Oh, no. You're attracted oh, no. to little children. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. We found out. <sighs> Okay, next one. This should be easy. Oh, that's that's got to be Freddy. Um, that's got to be Freddy Krueger. Correct. Robert England that... slash Freddy Krueger from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that's okay. I like this game. I like it. Another iconic smile. Oh, oh, dude! This is the dude in Men. The only dude in Men. The only man in Men. Right. Is that your final answer? I yeah, I think so. Wrong. No. It's Julian Beck or Kane from Poltergeist 2, the other oh, side. Damn. Okay. What how, what am I what do I got? How how many have we done? You've got two and a half. Two and a half out of how many have we done? Uh there's seven total. So we've done one, two, three, four, five. This is the fifth one. Okay. So you're gonna have to pull out the next two. These- yeah, can I get these next? Which, two? to be honest, aren't aren't too hard. Okay. Oh, are you? Ca- how am I supposed to? It's just a smug little smirk. Not, <laughs> I I can't pull this out. <laughs> I mean, it kind of looks like the lighting from American Psycho. So I'm going to say maybe it's Patrick Bateman. Correct. Christian Bale, Patrick (laughs) Bateman from American Psycho pulled it out. Oh, wow. I can't believe that I'm I'm doing this. Okay. Right. So right now you stand at 3.5, which is exactly half of if we had the full thing. So this You know, I did that that entirely on like the temperature of the lighting. Like, (laughs) like I was just like that kind of looks like i've seen american psycho like 50 times so well see i I thought you would have got it from just the smugness like that that's very much like you know those uh those dimples are definitely patrick bateman dimples you know but what it is is it's sometimes you just get so stumped by just the genericness of something that your mind just goes blank Uh uh-huh anyway okay last one this is it last one this is make it or tie it okay (laughs) the lowest resolution one (laughs) yeah this is really tough because it's already low resolution oh god i whose smudge is this (laughs) okay do i know this yep we've reviewed this one too recently not recently not recently There's no way I get this. Is this an iconic? Yes. This is a top 10 horror movie. This is a top 10 horror movie. In my opinion, yeah. This has got to be Silence of the Lambs. 
You did it. Anthony Hopkins, Dr. Yeah! Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs. Fuck you pulled yeah, it out. Dude. I, I looked at it for a while. I was like, that smudge looks a lot like Anthony Hopkins smudge. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fucking awesome game. And I love this game. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm happy for you. <laughs> I'm happy too. Wow. Bro, you just... You made, like, this is the first new game that could easily be a game uh, for years. Uh, and only works on video. <laughs> it's, well, it's great. We need people to hop on over to our YouTube channel and subscribe over there. So it works out. Right. Okay. All right. Wow. Well, that was fun. Um, so that, ladies and gentlemen is horror movie talk thank you so much for joining us if you enjoy the show share it with a friend and if you want to see that last game go to youtubes and search for horror movie talk and for the latest episode subscribe hit, hit that subscribe button ring that bell and you know gargle my balls thank you call 682-253-4468 to leave us a voicemail and we'll get to it eventually. And watch dash cam. Watch dash cam for next week. Love you. Bye bye. We love you. Bye. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. You lose. You get nothing. Is that the ring? Yes, it is. I just the the woods. Wow, that didn't sound good.